0: Wow, wasn't that amazing? I found the title of that very interesting. It's called Lost in Light and it sounds very contradictory, doesn't it? How can anybody be lost in light? Can there be such a problem as too much light? And for those of you who wonder what it was all about, it wasn't just a compilation of pictures of the sky, but it was actually showing you what exists when you get rid of all the artificial light that's around in the world and it actually shows you the natural light that you would see if only we would uh, have a a look. Um, You could see that uh, the Milky Way at the end was so incredible. Look at that picture, it's just incredible. And apparently uh, a few years ago there was a big um, uh, blackout in California um, and people were phoning up um, whatever whoever the radio stations or whatever saying what is this big thing that's in the sky looming over us uh, that they'd never ever seen before and it actually was the the stars the constellations that they were thinking there was some sort of um um independence day alien invasion or what have you but that just shows you what most of us never see it's quite amazing isn't it so We want to introduce tonight the fact that there is a dark side to light uh, and there is a light side to dark. That's quite an interesting uh, phrase, isn't it? It seems that both naturally and spiritually we embark on a mission to eradicate darkness, uh, but it's actually to our peril. Um, There are endless amounts of teachings, religions, spiritual and motivational uh, uh, speakings and and organizations that all revolve around seeking light and accepting light because we associate light with God and what is good. And most of the time we associate darkness with what's evil and, and what is the devil. So even in Christian circles, we find that everything thrives on separating good from bad and light from dark. And darkness has become synonymous with sin and with blindness and with death. And in fact, a darkness disability seems to haunt us all. How we get rid of the darkness. So our fear of darkness causes us to, reduce, uh, to introduce something called artificial light. And that's what you were seeing on that clip this, uh, just now. So last week we talked about our distorted definitions of love and these are often the artificial lights that we put in place to guide our way. They direct our choices in life and we all operate by the light of the understanding that those definitions give us. But can you believe tonight that that light can sometimes be darkness? Some of these compensatory measures that we employ to go the direction we desire Uh, our ego, our pride, our anger, our concocted solutions to our problems, uh, our self-love, our instant gratification, um, what we think we need to survive, these can all appear as light. But there's a scripture that says that there is a way that seems right to man but ends up in the way of death. Now you'd think that uh, if, if it was a way that seems right, it's because there's some light on it and you think, well, it's right because I can see my way. But it actually it can be uh, what we've introduced is artificial light. Now, what we want to bring you to tonight is quite interesting because uh, what they found uh, very clear in... Uh, in in science and in psychology is that the human body can't do without darkness. Now, that's quite amazing. You think, no, get rid of darkness. Try and get rid of it. All we want to live in light. But in fact, we need darkness to survive. Now, uh, we are impacted so much by artificial light because there are certain things that only happen to our bodies when it's dark. Now, I find that really interesting. And can you believe that if you... After it becomes dark at night, if you start putting on lights, every, every light that you put on, it's actually stopping your body from doing something that it can only do in the dark. So your cells repair themselves, your, your bones repair themselves in the dark. And the moment you put light on, it actually stops that process. And then we wonder why we start to not be very well. So we need the darkness for that. Muscle and bone repair won't take place. And what's another thing that's amazing? We all think that we need to be excitable and happy and, uh, uh, and jumping around. But you see, the adrenal gland that sends this adrenaline will keep sending it and keep sending it while ever there's a light on. Now, no wonder we have high blood pressure and no wonder we, we think we're going to collapse. It's because the very uh, things of nature created that we might be able to just rest and those things uh, might uh, need to be fixed. So, artificial light is actually known as a stressor um, because it's actually telling the body all the time to keep going when it should be resting. So, it has been said that we are hampered more by brilliance in the sense of light than our ancestors were in the dark. We make ourselves ill with too much light. Worse still, we take all creation with us, making the whole planet pay for our fear of the dark. Artificial light is not the same as the sun, moon, and stars. It harms migratory patterns of birds, the reproduction of nocturnal animals, as well as the pollination of plants. We fear if we have no light, how will we find our way? So we insist on introducing artificial light to our lives, yet it leads us in very different directions. But the darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as the day. And as we saw at the beginning, the original means created long ago to navigate our world in the darkness still exists if we are willing to turn off the lights and let our eyes adjust to see the real light that will light our way and lead us home.
1: Okay, I think what we're talking about tonight is extremely, uh, extremely important. Um, one of the things we are not seeking to do in our process here is is just to make you feel better. We actually want to help you to be better in a wonderful way. But there are some things in that process that are very important to learn. And I think one of them has become so critical to me this week as we've considered our subject matter and begun to talk about it, and, and it really sums up something that I have come to, which is that I have come to believe that actually we learn more about ourselves and about life and about God in our dark days than we do in the light. The problem is that we have been given a black and white view of life, a good and evil, a light and dark the problem with that is, is, that then we're always trying to avoid one of the elements that is a whole part of creation and how we function and what is necessary for healthy growth, which is the darkness, the darkness that all of us experience, not just in the natural world, but also in the physical world, in the, in the spiritual world, in the psychological world, in our mental struggles, the darkness that we all face. And um, we, we're all subject to something in life with, with which we've all become extremely familiar to the point that we don't even realise that it's there, never mind understand what it's doing and that's what Chris said at the beginning and, and it's artificial light we don't even think about it, we don't consider what impact that has upon us, but as in the natural, so in the spiritual, and we have a tendency not only to flip the lights on at home because we don't wanna be in the dark, but we flip artificial lights on in our soul and in our mind so that we don't have to face and deal with the darkness that comes on us, but that light will always be artificial, and when that light goes out, the darkness will still be there, and if you don't know the purpose of the darkness or how to deal with the darkness, darkness, then you will be in a great struggle. See, my point is that I want you to see more than you can currently see. And it's interesting that artificial light blinds our eyes to what we could see, what we would see, and what we should see. Isn't it interesting that When we're we're in a place that's lit and you suddenly lose the light, we remove the artificial light, we switch the lights off. How many of you know it takes a while for our eyes to adjust to the dark? How many of you have experienced that? When the artificial light is turned on. But when they do, we find we're not in a world of total darkness and we never were. But actually we're now in a world of wonder. Let let me explain that a little bit. Imagine if, in the ancient story of, of Abraham, this great Hebrew figure, who it's written the way that God chose to speak to him about the immensity of God and, and the fullness of what God wanted to happen in his life. He says, God took him outside and he shows him the stars and said, Abraham, if you can count those stars, that's how many offspring you're going to have. Or in other words, that's the measure of your multiplication, that's the level of your blessing. Now imagine if God had said that to Abraham in a city. Abraham would have said, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I'm going to have seven kids that's hardly a multitude it's hardly a great blessing it's hardly a great plus, uh, a, a, a great a great uh, multiplication but you see When that was spoken in the darkness and Abraham embraced the darkness, he saw the billions of billions of stars that we saw in that image at the beginning. When you remove all artificial light, you become aware of the richness of what is in the heavens and the light that actually exists. And if Abraham had had that experience while keeping the artificial light, he would have never understood the fullness of all that was promised him. The problem is that most of us view life, ourselves and God under an artificial light of the way we see the world because we're afraid of darkness because we think darkness is our enemy. But you see, it's in darkness that you become aware of the greatness of all that is happening around you, of what you can see and what you should see. Artificial light causes us to become distracted into a contracted version of life. So we're not aware of the bigness whenever artificial light comes in. We're only aware of what that artificial light has shown us. Now, one of the reasons that we like to show you clips is because Jesus spoke to the people in parables. He didn't speak to the people necessarily in sermons. He spoke to them in parables. He used clips of stories to say, look at this clip. Now, of course, he didn't have the technology we had. If Jesus had had the technology, he would have pulled out his tablet and said, I just want you to watch this for a moment because I've got some things to say about this. But you see, it was the days of storytelling. So he said, there was a man who had a 100 sheep. And 99, blah, blah, blah. Well, there was, there was this situation of a farmer who went and sold some seed. And so Jesus uses these stories as what we know as parables, but really what they were, they were, they were pictures to illustrate a point. So we're going to show you three clips today from the greatest showman. How many of you like the greatest showman? We're even going to have a sing-along a little bit later on. But the first greatest showman clip, and one of the reasons for this clip is is it's such a good parable because it shows what happens when we get distracted from that which truly matters, and we become blinded by the light. Then we become blinded by the light, and when we become blinded by the light, we can no longer see the stars. There. Expecting you to give the thing along some welly in a little bit. Um, interesting verse, this, from, from the Bible. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Um, I, I think that that really is giving us some context on the artificial light that we bring into our own environment, into our own circumstances, into our own life, that makes us to, to causes us to make decisions that, that actually those decisions at the time seem to be the way to fulfillment, the way to get everything that we want, but actually what they finish up doing is bringing destruction to our own life, destruction to others around us, and, and getting us off track. <laughs> What's interesting about artificial light, just talking about it, is that it's not a naturally occurring phenomenon. It's both man-produced and man-introduced. There's no such a a thing as natural artificial light. It's not something that comes from nature. It's not something that that should be part of our lives that's ever going to bring us health. It's something that that we have introduced, again, because because we, we struggle with to put a context on on darkness in in our own life and in our world. Uh, And the problem with artificial light is not not what it allows us to see. The problem with artificial light is what it prevents us from seeing. And, And I would wonder tonight how many of us are being prevented from seeing what would be the solution to our life because... We insist on introducing into the process of our life things that are artificial light, things that are immediate gratification, things that seem to meet the deal right now, things that seem right and yet actually it's not what they allow us to see but it's what they prevent us from seeing which is the problem and so we've got to have an awareness. I, more and more in my life, come to believe this is not the only thing but it is a thing that religion has become an artificial light. I believe to some degree that Karl Marx was right when he said that religion is the opiate of the people. What he meant was that too many people go into the environment of faith and belief that becomes an institutionalized religion that does the same thing to the person as opium does as a drug. Now remember at the time, opium was the major thing. It was before the heroin and everything else. Opium was the, the drug and he likened the process of religion to opium and of course it made him struggle with, with the whole concept of Christianity because his feeling was that people were simply trying to drug themselves. Now, the issue is when Christ came into the world and he said, I am the light of the world, he was not bringing artificial light because what he did was as the true light, just like the sun during the day, he also taught us how to embrace the darkness and bring context to the darkness so that in the darkness we could see the stars. And I don't know about you, but when I saw those stars at the beginning and there's a few times in life I've been able to see that, it draws one thing from me, it's not huh. That's interesting. It makes you think wow, it literally is the case that the stars are impossible to count, you cannot count the stars when you remove artificial light. Now if the stars represent the presence of a good God, the love of a good God, the help of a good God, the fact that there's something massively bigger than the little world that you have lit with your little candle or your little light bulb, not this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, usually means this little made up religious light of mine There is that artificial manufactured light, I'm going to let it shine. You were never meant to live by this little light of mine. You were meant to live by the wonder of the bigness of all that is there. And my whole purpose tonight is to say, embrace the darkness in your light because it's going to do something. You'll suddenly look up and not down. And when you look up in your darkness, you'll go, wow, I didn't realize all that was there and to realise that that is navigating you to a new day. It's navigating you to a new place. If we had artificial light in the days of Francis Drake and Captain James Cook, they would have never found new worlds because what was it that they used to navigate by? They navigated by the stars in the heavens, but the only reason they could navigate is because they embraced the darkness, realizing that in the darkness, when you don't artificially light it with all your stupid stuff, you actually will find your way to where you need to be. The Bible tells the story of two boys. Each representative of a type of person. One's called the younger son, one's called the older son. But they're representative. It doesn't mean that all older people act in the way the older son act and all younger people act in the way the younger son act. He's trying to show that there is a diversity of types of people. And the issue is the story goes that one left home. See, he, he couldn't see what it was that was going on. The other one stayed home. And he couldn't see what was going on. Both of them had the same problem. One was blinded by the light of his own frustration, the light of his own perceived need, and the light of selfish ambition. The other one was blinded by the light of his own perceived lack of need, his own goodness, and his service. But both of them couldn't see the stars, they had artificial light which caused both of them a problem. And it wasn't what they could see that was the problem, it was that which they had lost sight of. And I guarantee you tonight, it's not what you can see that is the problem, it's what you've lost sight of that is the problem. If only they'd embraced the darkness and the Father's love, they would have saved themselves a lot of just about everything. And so will you. Here's the next clip of Greatest Showman. And one of the great significances to me of the, what we would call the gospel message is that there is a place called home. And um, I think that's got very little to do with... with a place called heaven, um, in my experience, there are many people who would perceive that heaven is their home who are pretty mean and unforgiving and unaccepting and unloving and you have to ask the question whether something in that understanding is misplaced now that doesn 't mean that there isn 't a heaven it doesn't mean that there is not a place that exists after this, what it does mean is that home has to be more than just a location. Because for many kids in the world, there is a location called home, but it's not home. And 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 there are objectives we have, like if I just get this degree, if I if I just get that house, if I just get that job, if, if I just achieve that, it's kind of we make that our goal and we make that home, but when we get there, it's not home. And the whole issue of these two boys that are talked about in Luke 15 was that the one who stayed in the system had no sense that this was home. All he was full of was bitternesses, and unhappiness and injustices. The, the one who left and, and took his money and did his thing had no sense that, that where that took him was home because each of those were the artificial light they tried to introduce to illuminate the inner person and it, it didn't work. And the story focuses a lot on the, the younger boy because it says when he came to his senses, He started to realize something. When he came to his senses, he embraced the darkness of what was going on and suddenly he could see the stars again. And when he saw the stars, he knew that that meant there was a home. And when he knew that meant there was a home, he knew that in that home there would be a father. So he said, I'll arise and go to my father. He came to his senses. It's an interesting little thing that that happened there because he realized. You know, realization is a is an important necessity in life that most of us try to avoid and that's what the artificial light thing is about. If I can just put enough light in so I don't have to realise some things about myself and my life and sometimes my lack because we think our lack is our enemy but the truth is like Abraham, our lack can't be met until we realise our lack and then just maybe when we get out of that artificial light that we have shone in our soul, we see the stars for the first time and realize the billions and billions there are out there and all that that represents. For P.T. Barnum, who could no longer see the stars, it was based on, I wanted to be more than I am. He couldn't embrace who he was. For the young son in the Bible story, it was, I'm not worthy to be called your son. For both of them, it was a coming to their senses. To that place called realization so you come back home to embrace the reality of what is sometimes darkness because that was the hobby left but somehow in the false light it missed all that was there for him he was realizing that it is in that state in the darkness and only in that state that you can see the stars once your eyes become blinded by that artificial light we lose sight even of the brightest star in our world. For him, it was his father. For you, you've got to ask the question, are the brightest stars in my world because once you introduce artificial light, you'll even lose sight of those. So where does this bring us to? It brings us to the place. Can you say, like we sang from now on, these eyes will not be blinded by the light. From now on, what's waited till tomorrow starts tonight. It starts tonight, and we will come back home where we embrace all that that means and, and all the struggles and all the difficulties and all the darkness, knowing that when we put out the artificial light of the dissatisfaction and the discontentment and all that stuff that we're now chasing to put on lights, whether it's in relationships or stuff or things or achievements or whatever it is, trying to, trying to see that stuff when we put those lights out and realise here at home we can see the stars, And at home, there's always the Father waiting. I will come back home. So I want to finish up what I've got to say by saying something that sounds really strange in a church context, and it sounds strange to me, but it's true. For some of you, your greatest need is not stepping into the light, but stepping into the dark. Sounds a strange thing to say, doesn't it? For some of you, your greatest need is not stepping into the light, It's stepping into the dark because in the darkness is where you see the wonders of all that heaven holds for you. That's where we come back home. That's when we feel again the love of the Father. That's when we realise again that we are part of something amazing and wonderful and we fill a role in that place, but we have to come back home. Don't let the false lights dazzle you. Come back home. I want just to pray for one moment, just to reflect. Some of you might need to reflect and say, do you know what? Maybe, maybe I need to step into the dark tonight. Maybe, maybe from all the lights that I've got switched on here, trying to fix this and fix that and do this and do that and fulfil this and fulfil that. Maybe just in this moment, I, I need to switch those off and, and I need to step into the dark because... In that place is where when I look up, I actually will see all the light that I ever need shining through the darkness and showing me the greatness of all that is there. I want you to receive that tonight because that's what will change you. Just like that day when Abraham looked up and he saw all of that and he said, wow, some of you don't even realize that all that goodness and kindness is there looking over you. But if you'll just embrace that moment in your darkness, you will realise God is there. He has always been there. The Father is always there. And as you come home to that place, you will find a welcome and a release and a truth in the realisation that tonight will set you completely free.
0: Just before we move on to the very last um, clip that we've got for you, I just want to take a minute. Um, We have no cue without you basically tonight, but I'm going to be it right now. Um, Some of you might think, what's all this been about? Because I don't get it, you know, darkness, artificial light and all of this. On the 21st of June, it will be 15 years uh, since I basically followed what was an artificial light and it took me to a place that was incredibly uh, horrible, just like the story of the young lads that we read regularly and the story of the prodigal son, and he ended up at a a pig trough. That was 15 years ago, and uh, at the time, it didn't seem artificial to me. It didn't seem a problem. It seemed the most natural thing in the world to follow what I thought was light but it nearly destroyed me. And um, the reason why I'm wanting to say this is because sometimes we have to bring it home into the reality. We can talk about it as a theory and a principle, but unless we actually bring it home to say, look... I could come to many of you and warn you about things in the, in your life that you are pursuing because you think it's light. And I could be saying to you, ah, but you don't know what is just around that corner unless you're willing to be open and honest about where you are. And I'm saying this tonight not because I want to be, I don't know what, what the word is, sensational or anything, uh, or, or try to makes something more than it is. I hope you understand. We hadn't planned on saying this, but to me it came just very much there as I was sat there saying that we don't as a church tell people where they're going wrong or this, that and the other. We leave that for people to have their own journeys. But there are times when I look at um, the the film for instance about the little turtles and you, you see that story and you actually see the, uh, the truth of it and you realise what we are being warned about the wonderful moon and the stars will direct those little things back to where they're meant to be and they will live and they will carry on with their lives but if something gets in the way they get uh, disorientated and taken off track and sadly well, that was an awful thing to show, but it ends in death. And we don't want that for anybody in this place tonight. We want there to be life. And like Anne said, it's often found if we're just willing to recognise that some things that we're following is artificial. So I hope that's helped somebody tonight. I mean, if, if anybody wants to talk to me, I'll be open and honest about detail, but that's not always necessary. Sometimes what we need to do is, like Anne said, just own the the thing uh, that, that we... took us astray and actually realised that we can come back home. And let me just say as a very wonderful, um, uh, positive thing, just as the the boy came home to his father and his father was waiting, arms wide open, uh, to welcome him home without any explanation required, without any uh, issue of having to be sorry, that's what happened to me. It was that, it was absolutely marvellous and although it took a while to heal because there was some damage done, there was absolute forgiveness and, and arms open wide and this is really the next clip because what you see here is just the end of the story and then we'll take it home. Thank you everybody.